Somebody told me, I know you probably know this better than I do, that it takes like 40 muscles to frown and only 10 to smile. So the whole deal with that is give your face a break and smile. Come on, be cheerful. That's right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Speaking of uh, being a cheerful giver, remember last week, I think it was last week. Sometimes I can't remember what I did yesterday. So remember last week I said that when we talked about faith that uh, I gave my tithe and the minute I released that envelope into the bucket, faith was then engrafted, it started, it boom, started working. And then God, of course, was pleased with me because faith pleases the Lord, right? Well, last week um, I I was walking by my side door and uh, I noticed it was loose. And so I, I walked by it and I'm like, what? Why is that coming apart? That's crazy. And uh, so I, I let it go. And then the next day I walked by and I'm like, nah, not today. I don't care. <laughs> so I, I didn't fix it that day. You ever done that? I mean, it's like, not today. I don't want to fix nothing today. That was how I felt. But the following day, I went over there and I said, oh, I got to fix this thing or Nicole's going to say something. So I got, out, I got my drill out and everything. I started taking it apart. Well, I took the top part. It's two separate pieces. So I, I took the backside off of the inside of the door and all of a sudden I hear boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh no, the outside came apart and you got all kinds of things and things were going everywhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, springs were going everywhere. I'm like, well, great. So I open up the door, put all the pieces together and I look at it all and I'm like, I can't put this back together. I don't know how to do this. This is crazy. I need my directions and stuff. So I call, uh, I call uh, the quick set online and and I uh, called the lady and I said yeah I said hi I said I have a lock here I said it, when I took it off it was loose it fell apart on me and uh, I just need if can you give me a, a thing a material list or something you know that I can figure out how to put this back together well okay uh, sir can you please take a picture of your lock inside and out for me and give me your email address and then uh, I will I will take care of it and I said well oh okay Sure, I said, well, here's a part number. And she said, okay, give me that. And I said, no, nah, it's just a part. So just do what I told you to do and we'll take care of it. I said, oh, fantastic. Okay, thank you. So I did it and I'm thinking, why couldn't she just email me, uh, you know, the graph or whatever so I can get this thing done? But I let her go and I wasn't in the mood anyway still that day. So I was like, great, I didn't have to fix it. You know what I'm saying? So four days later, I'm driving down the driveway and I see a box. And I bring the box in the house, I open it up. It's a brand new $250 lock set, brand spanking new. And it looks identical to the one I put on 10 years ago, 10 years ago. So you talk about meeting my needs. I needed that need met that fell apart on me. It was by accident. All I wanted was just a graph. And she gave me a brand new lock set. No questions asked. That's God. That's favor. And that's what happens when we obey and use our faith. Come on. Hallelujah. And that was easy faith. I mean, that's just being obedient. You know, that's just tithing. So that was wonderful. So that was a great testimony. And uh, I thank God for that. And Nicole's like, wow, isn't that amazing? That's amazing that that happened. So praise the Lord. And he is no respecter of persons. Come on. When you're obedient and you do what God tells you to do, then he will also do it for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's get in here. Uh, tonight, and um, I want to remind you first of a couple things, a couple statements. This is actually week five that we've been talking on faith. 
man, I've never taught five weeks in a row. I don't think anywhere. So this has been pretty good here, you know? And I hope you all have learned some things, still learning. We're going to always be learning. Even when we get to heaven, we will always be learning, the Bible says, ever learning. So we're never going to stop learning. But uh, some of the things that we've talked about on faith here this last five weeks, I just want to bring back to your remembrance. Hopefully you've wrote some of this stuff down so you keep it in front of you at all times. Listen, we have to keep reading. We have to keep reminding ourselves. We have to keep, keep quoting Scripture. It's just like uh, the sheriff's department. It's just like the police department. They have to continually stay in training or they will forget. They'll forget. It's so weird how that is. And it's no different in the kingdom. We got to continually do these things so we don't forget. We have to remind ourselves, you know, because our flesh, oh, it don't want to know. <laughs> you know, we got to put it under. So a couple of the things that we talked about is everything in the kingdom of God is measured by faith. Everything in the kingdom of God is measured by faith. Faith, F-A-I-T-H, represents forward action in trusting Him. Remember, faith never looks back or goes back. Faith is always forward motion. Faith is doing something. Faith is saying something. Last week we brought out how faith is now. Now faith. I don't need faith yesterday. It's too late yesterday. And when I need a healing, I don't need it tomorrow. I need it now. So faith is now. All right? And again, we said that we're not even promised tomorrow. And yet tomorrow or today has enough problems, so don't even worry about tomorrow, the Lord says. So faith is now, all right? And that's 11, 11, 1, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith will be measured by our obedience. That's a hard one, all right? And then the last thing we said was your confession is the result of your belief. And that is huge. That is huge. The Bible talks about wavering, wavering. And, you know, don't be like the sea that waves. Yeah, you know what? I believe I'm healed. And then you say, well, I hope it worked. Uh, 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 Sorry, you just lost. You lost it. Your confession did not line up with what you first believed. All right? So your confession is the result of your belief. So let's say you pray for healing you need in your body. You don't have the result, okay, of that healing yet because you can still feel the pain or you know it's there. You sense it. Something's going on. All right? But you believe you have been healed when you prayed. How many of you believe that when you prayed, it happened? You believe. Yes, faith is your evidence that you have been healed when you prayed. So that's all you confess. I have been healed. That's all you confess. All right? Your confession is the result of your belief. And I believe when I prayed that God touched me and he healed me, so I have been healed. And listen, you don't back up from that no matter what you see. And we talked about that last week. Faith is the proof. It's not perceived by our senses, but it's perceived in the Spirit. All right? That's where it's at. So to walk with God, we must walk outside of the flesh and walk in the Spirit. It's hard to do sometimes, especially when there is pain, when there is suffering, when there is things going on. And I just use healing as an example. It can mean anything you know, that you need, all right? But I just use healing for that. Faith is the key that gets our answer from the spirit world to the natural world, all right? You get that? To the physical world. Faith is the key. It's, it's in the spirit. It's done. 
God did it. But our faith gets it from there to here. That's why it says we don't see it with our eyes, our natural eyes. Hallelujah. So until you can see your healing manifested, or you can see that the problem is gone, or you can finally uh, touch it, smell it, see it, taste it, feel it, okay, our senses, then faith is the proof of something you don't presently have or can see with our natural eyes. Faith is that important. It's that important. And we used John's wife last week as the example. If you were here, you saw that. I asked John, are you married? He said, yes, I am. I said, prove it. So he tried to show me a picture on his phone. I said, eh, that could be anybody. I don't know. You know? And then if he was going to show me his wedding ring, and I said, eh, single people wear those these days. Nah, because they don't want to be bothered. No, you got to give me more proof than that. And so somebody said, well, you know, he's just bringing out his uh, marriage certificate. And I said, well, that would be the proof. That would be the proof. All right? So that is the proof. But then, and faith is that marriage license. Until we get the answer, it manifests itself in the physical all right? Faith is the answer. That marriage certificate is the answer. It's the proof that John was married. But when, of course, Nita walks through the door, comes up to him, gives him a big old smooch, said, I missed you, honey. I no longer need the marriage certificate anyway. He can put it away because she is now here. I can see her, my senses. I can see her, smell her, all that crazy stuff. All right? So faith is the evidence until you see it happen in the natural. who I don't feel that anymore. The pain is left. I can do what I didn't do before. All right? Faith is our answer until it manifests itself in the present physical sense. You guys get that? All right. Praise the Lord. All right. So when healing shows up, you don't need faith any longer for that thing you believe for. All right? We're always going to use faith. All right? We're always going to need to use faith. We're always going to be growing in our faith, and God is going to always challenge us, challenge us in our faith, but when we have something resolved, we no longer need it for that thing that we've been believing for any longer. We can use it for something else, okay? Right, hallelujah. Amen. So you could also say that walking by faith could be walking by God's Word and not by our senses or what we see. It's walking by God's Word or what He says. Hallelujah. All right. Peter is a very good example of that. Remember, he was walking out of the boat. Jesus said, come to me. But he took his eyes off of him. And he, and he started looking with his senses. And he saw the storm. And he lost faith. And help me, I'm going to drown. And thank God for grace. Jesus could have said, bye-bye. I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> But thank God for His grace and mercy. <laughs> he reached down and He picked him back up. Hallelujah. Amen. And buddy, I'm thankful He does that with us. I know that. All right, so, but let's move on then and let's talk about faith and belief for a minute. Faith and belief for a minute. There's so many things out there in the world that says believe on it. Everywhere you go, you see something that has believe on it, like keychains. You see keychains. Uh, let's see what else is out there. You got mugs. You have, that have believe on it. You got pillows. Everybody has the pillows that have believe on it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not against that lady, so don't be saying, watch out now, PRW. You're starting to, you know, make me a little angry, all right? No, I mean, that's okay. All right, we have church signs that have believe on it. Oh, that's our sign. <laughs> oh, <geez>. You know, <laughs> you 
you know, and we also have memes. We have a lot of memes that deal with believe. Yeah, just believe. Wow, that's a good one, Andrew. That was crazy. Okay. Any, <laughs> believe in something just to, so listen, there's so many things out there that have the word believe on it. All right, and so, but my question is this to you tonight, and it, it's kind of a, it's not a sarcastic question. It's not really a trick question. But the question is this, what do you get if you just believe? What do you get if you just believe? Whatever what? Really? Okay. That's, that's a good answer. Whatever you're believing for, she, uh, Ella says. Who, who said nothing? Way in the back? Nothing. Some people have said nothing. Okay, well, when it comes to salvation, the Bible says that believe on him and you will be saved, right? Confess and believe and you'll be saved. So we do get something, all right? But my point in saying this is this. Faith and believe do not mean the same thing. They don't believe the same thing. They complement each other. It's like two sides of a coin. They complement each other, but they do mean different things. And I think if you remember this from last week or the first, what was the first week? I think we said this. Faith is putting what you believe into action. All right? Faith is putting what you believe into action. You believe something and then you use your faith for what you believe. They're two separate things. They don't mean the same. I've heard a lot of people say, they're the same thing. How is that the same thing? That's not the same thing. It's not. So remember we said, I think in the first session, that dead faith is believing in tithing. You believe in tithing, but then you don't do anything with that belief. So therefore, you're not going to get anything. So just because you believe it doesn't mean anything's going to happen. You have to then put something toward what you believe. You have to use faith toward tithing and then see results. We said, uh, I believe in healing. Okay, great. Great but yet you don't do anything with it. You don't, you, you don't do nothing. You don't look any scripture. Well, it just is what it is. Now, I believe in healing, but you don't put nothing toward it. You're going to get nothing. You have to put faith with it. And it's the same with anything. I think I even said, I believe in the assembling, yet you're still at home in your jammies. You don't come. <laughs> Growth don't happen in isolation. All you at home, I love you. <laughs> Hope to see you someday. It don't, all right? So that's why we need the assembling. But believing in it and not doing something about it will get you nothing. Right? So faith and belief work hand in hand. All right? You get that? You good? It's just like the story I told you guys the first week of Charles Blodlin, I think was his name. The tightrope walker, all right? Remember, he went up to Niagara Falls and he took and he walked back and forth several times and then he took a wheelbarrow back and forth he put rocks in the wheelbarrow back and forth and people were going crazy and he came back the last time and he said do you believe that i can do it again and everybody said yes we believe you believe i can put somebody in the wheelbarrow and take you across yes we believe all right who's the first person getting in nobody got in <laughs> did they really believe then i don't think so they believed it, but they didn't put the action to it. They didn't step out in faith and get in that wheelbarrow. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't have either. It's one thing to put our faith in God, 
All right, but to put our faith in that man, I don't think so. I wasn't going to, I wouldn't have done it either. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, so we've got to put action to what we believe. All right, hallelujah. I hope I didn't confuse anybody on that at all. All right, so faith is not believing that God can. Faith is believing that God will. All right, because in reality, if we read the Bible, he already has. He said it's finished. It's done. He has given us everything we need to succeed already. The Bible says he hath healed us. All right, so he's given us everything we need to succeed in this life. So that's enough of that, because so I, I want to bring out a couple other things tonight about faith that you may not have realized. And I've been wanting to get into great faith for the last five weeks, <laughs> or four weeks, or three, three weeks. So tonight we're just going to talk, just for a few minutes here, on great faith. And I, but I want to bring out some good points, because I think, and even me, growing up, when we think about great faith, that means we had to do something great, to have great faith. I mean, man, you know, I don't know. I just, it had to be something more than just giving an offering or, or doing something that is kind of hard. I, you know, I always thought great faith meant you did something great. But yet, when we started reading, Enoch pleased God. Wow, he had great faith. He pleased God. Jeez. Yeah, Moses obeyed. Wow. That's great faith. All I got to do is obey. It's not as big as we think. You know? (laughs) It's actually pretty easy. And I think tonight you're going to see right here with these stories that we're going to tell, it's really easy to have great faith. It really is. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark, the ninth chapter. Mark, the ninth chapter. And uh, we're going to start in verse 20. If I can find it here. Okay, Mark 9. Actually, I want to start in verse 17, and then we'll go down to verse, I think, 27. All right, it says, uh, Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, but foams, and he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long should I be with you? How long should I bear with you? Bring him to me. You know, it reminded me of the scripture that says, when he comes, will he even find faith? Yikes. See, I, we, I guess we think it's everywhere. It should be in the churches, at least. But with that statement, we wonder, really, is there going to be any faith when he shows up? And I think that's why we're teaching on it. And it's faith revolution. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, verse 20. It says, Then they brought him to him, and, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And often he has thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him, who believe? Hmm, Okay. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help 
my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. And of course, it it happened. But here's, in today's society, we are all tight. I mean, we're all we're all just on the edge all the time. I mean, you see it everywhere. Yesterday, I was going around my roundabout, and I was two cars away from this semi, and I went, and he had to honk his horn at me. And I'm two cars away. I was like, dude, I just honked back and went, eh. yeah, why so uptight? You know, I mean, dude, I was, t- go to Africa sometime. Woo, man. Whoa, son. Yeah, you talk about uptight. Oh. Yeah, but we're all, we're all so uptight, and, and, and we're always on the edge, and, and it just all we need to take is one wrong move, run one wrong word, one wrong look, and man, we are on, and it's done. And when this guy, I'm sure he was frustrated, all right, because number one, he, he, he went to his disciples, and his disciples couldn't do it. So Jesus said to the man, dude, if you just believe, it'll happen. Well, in today's society, if if that was the man, this could have happened. He could have said, oh, oh really? Well, apparently your disciples don't believe either because they tried it and they couldn't do it. So now what? I mean, you know, that's just how uptight we are. But he didn't do that. He didn't do it at all. No, he humbled himself in this scripture verse and said, Lord, I believe. Please help my unbelief. Man, he humbled himself. He had no pride in him at all. Help my unbelief. How many of us uh, actually said that? Help my unbelief. I'm weak. (laughs) Not really. But he did. And I believe, obviously, that he got his miracle because of that. Because he humbled himself. Okay? So he didn't get defensive, you know? He didn't say, I've been trying, I've taken him everywhere. He didn't do it. And that was fantastic. So he humbled himself and he got his miracle. Now go to James 4, well, actually James 4, 6 says, you don't have to turn there. Oh, I will. James 4, 6. Is it up on the screen already? Oh, forget me turning. All right. He says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Help my unbelief. So basically, grace kicked in where his unbelief was and finished the job for him because he humbled himself. You understand that? Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, there's two more stories. Go to Matthew. Matthew, the eighth chapter. And these are the only two stories in the book, actually in the Old New Testament, that Jesus said where he actually used the words great faith. Matthew 8 and verse 5. This is one of the stories. And I think we're going to read down through 10. It says here, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now listen, dude, if Jesus said that to you and I, we'd say, come on, bro. 
I'd be calling ahead, honey, clean the house. Jesus is coming. I mean, you know, I'd want him to come. I, I'd want him to come and bless my home and pray for my kids. I mean, come on, Jesus, walk in. I mean, absolutely. But this boy, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want that for some strange reason. He didn't want it. I mean, we'll, we know why, though. But said, he said, I will come. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, as surely as I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Wow, that's awesome. So, the guy understood authority, and he also understood that Jesus had authority. He understood that. Jesus had authority, and that if you just say the word, it will happen. So not only now do we see somebody who was humble, help my unbelief, grace kicks in and finish the job, but now you see a guy who is submitting to authority submitting to authority all you have to do is just say the word and it will be done because i too have people under me in authority so he knew jesus had authority he understood that and guess what he got his miracle he got his miracle and that's absolutely amazing so when we use our faith there just might be something to humbling ourselves (laughs) and submitting ourselves to jesus amen All right, Matthew, the 15th chapter. Matthew 15. And uh, we're going to start in verse 21 on this one. Matthew 15, 21. And it says, Then Jesus went out of there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan uh, came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. In verse 23, but he answered her not a word. Stop right there. In today's uptight society, if that would have happened to us, it would have been all over. Listen, people come, people have come to our church once, and because they didn't get greeted at the door, they've left. Because they didn't get a handshake, they're offended. Because somebody didn't look them in the eye and say, I am so glad you're here today. They turn around and walk out. That's ridiculous. Now, yes, we do try to greet everybody. We do try to say hi. We do want to be as cordial as we can. But man, we're all human. And sometimes things happen and somebody's away from a door or whatever. And it doesn't happen. Well, Jesus, the King of Kings, ignored the lady. Oh boy, if that would happen to you and I, whoo, you could have heard it from a mile away. Hey, he think he is, ignoring me. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's keep going here. I'm not ruffling any feathers, am I? <laughs> but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. All right, let's stop there. So now we are, here we are, 
in verse 23. <laughs> he completely ignores her. And then, and then, his disciples start talking about her while she's there. Now, can you imagine that? Now, I can see her now going, oh, if, she, if we made it past one, and we're going to continue to come on in and sit out, and then that happened, get rid of her. She's driving us crazy. Get rid of her, our son of David. She's not even a Jew anyway. Where is she hearing this stuff? You know, I mean, she wasn't a Jew, right? She was a Phoenician woman, and so she had no clue who the son of David was. I'm sure she just heard it by other Jews who were crying out to him, and he was probably answering them or tending to them. And so she's like, I got to try this too. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. I hope this works. You know, that's how I see it. <laughs> but now she's not only ignored, but now they're talking about her. You talking about me while I'm still here? You trying to get rid of me? Ooh, oh, man, we'd be gone. Man, we'd put a new door in this place on the way out. Absolutely. Man, our pride is hurt. And now we are offended greatly. Let's read on. <laughs> okay. It says, but he answered and said, oh, he, he, he got, she got his attention. And said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Let's stop there again. What? What, what did you just say to me? Wait, wait huh? Wait, what? So what, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my people? What's wrong with my people? Your people? You're only here to help your people? I thought you are here to help everybody. Oh, my people? Do I smell? What, what is it with us? What is it? Am I the wrong color? What, what's going on? My people. So, you get ignored. You get talked about. And now, you ain't worthy enough. How many of you are still here? Mm. Oh, but this is Jesus. He loves everybody. Mm. He does. Yes, he does. Okay, let's keep on going. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. Well, you and I wouldn't have done that. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Our coffee would have been in his face, and we'd have walked away. Ain't no way we're worshiping that. Uh-uh. Man, who does he think he is? Wow. <laughs> and then he says to her, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to all the little dogs. <laughs> it's on now, baby. There ain't no turning back. I mean, I am angry beyond angry, and everybody's going to know about it. It's over. How dare you? I was bowing at you. I was worshiping you. And you called me a little dog? Mm -mm, no, ain't nobody in here been saved. Maybe one or two. Maybe John. I don't know. But, but may nobody else in here been saved. Uh-uh. Shoot. <laughs> Woo. That's bad stuff right there. Mm. So first, here's the deal. First, you ignore me. Then you talk about me and try to shoo me off like a little dog, okay? Then you exclude me. I still come and try to worship you, and then I re you return an insult and then call me a little dog. 
See, we'd be having to call the security team. <laughs> hey, no way. Absolutely, man, this church service would have been shut down. It would have been all bad if that was us. I'm serious now. <laughs> and this is exactly what would happen today. She would have looked at him in the eye and all of them and said, Oh, yeah, well, your so-called ministry is over, son of David. And the first thing she'd have done was call CNN. That'd have been, she'd have called CNN, guaranteed, CNN. And then she would have called all her other Phoenician women and people, her people, her people. She'd have called them all together, had a big old meeting, and then they all start making signs together. It all made signs, tons of them, lots of them, all kinds of signs. And they would say, Jesus is a racist. Absolutely sure, that would have been going up. You know, he's a racist. Jesus is a woman hater. Guaranteed that one's going up. All right? Jesus is fake news. That's going up. You know, all that stuff's going up, you know? And then they're going to get all that together, and then they're going to follow him everywhere he goes. We'd be following him everywhere he goes, chanting some weird, goofy chant behind him, holding up those signs, waving them all around. That's what would have happened in today's society. (laughs) Yeah, she wouldn't have gotten no miracle. She'd have probably been put in jail after the security team got a hold of her. (laughs) It's unfortunately, it's true, you know? (sighs) But she would have not got her miracle. But it says that she did just the opposite of all that. She did the opposite. The Bible says that she agreed with Jesus. I am a dog. Whatever you say, Master, is true. But don't the dogs at least get the crumbs from the Master's table? Wow! And he looked at her and said, Woman, you have great faith. Great faith. Wow! How humble was that? She got her miracle because of humility. Because she was humble. She agreed with him. How many miracles do we miss because of pride? Of our pride? We're not humble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So great faith was shown in being humble and submitting to God, both by non-Jews. They weren't even Jewish. The centurion wasn't. Phoenician woman wasn't. I ain't seen such great faith in all of Israel. They weren't even Jewish. Wow, you'd think at least the Jews would figure this out. You know? But it was a non-Jew. And that's exactly what Jesus did for you and I. Listen, he came from heaven. He had it all. He was the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he come to earth as a human, lowering himself to the lowest of lows. And boy, did he take the blows for you and I all the way into hell, grabbed those keys and came out. And because he humbled himself, because he was obedient, because he listened to his father and done everything his father told him to do and still got whipped to pieces and beat to pieces and torn apart and did not sin, God now placed him at the highest of highs. He's exalted on high and he is there making intercession for you and I. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's exciting. Exciting. Hallelujah. Because of being humble. You know, that's, I think that's part of it. It's part of faith, part of getting our answer. 
All right? So that's just something I think to think about that I've not looked at it that way when I'm reading these great faith stories. And if you look at it, okay, yeah, <laughs> it would have probably taken great faith to endure what Jesus did to that girl, okay? All right, all right maybe, that, maybe that would have taken great faith, you know, to endure all that. But it really isn't that bad. To have great faith isn't some monster thing, and it's, it's simple. It's simple. It's being obedient. It's being humble, being reverent. It ain't hard. I think we make it way too hard. So God exalts the humble. So great faith believes. Great faith shouts before the walls come down. Great faith shouts before the pain is gone. Great faith shouts before there is a baby's heartbeat. And the reason I put that one in is because many years ago I was painting a house in Troy, Ohio, and they kept adding and adding and adding. And so one day they asked me to paint all the bedrooms. So I was up painting in the bedrooms and I noticed that there was a baby's room and I didn't see no baby. And uh, so I, I just asked them, I said, um, uh, I see there's a baby's room and everything's there, but I don't see a baby. I'm, are you? And they said, well, no, my, my wife has an issue. And so we go, she had endometriosis, I found out. So she goes and gets some laser done to her, and then they go on a quick three day trip. <laughs> and they was always gone when I was there because they were on the trips trying to get pregnant. Um, and she said, we've tried for 10 years and they've had nothing. And I said, well, this is when R.W. Shambach came to our church for the first time. And um, I said, well, I'll tell you what. Listen, we got a revival going on at Only Believe. You ever heard of it? Nope. Nope. No, I haven't heard of it. I said, okay. Um, I won't tell you where they go to, went to church. But uh, anyhow, they said, no, we go here. And I'm like, oh, you definitely need to come to our church. So uh, I said, why don't you come up one night for the revival? And I said, Pastor Phyllis, um, which is my mother-in-law, I said, I don't know. That girl's got a gift, man. She can lay hands on, on women and they get pregnant. You know, and uh, I said, why don't you come on up? And she looked at her husband and said, can we go? Can we go? And he said, yeah, sure, why not? So they came up, and before R.W. came up, I took them into the office, and they got to meet Mrs. Shambach, and they got to say hi to Pastor Phyllis. And I said, Pastor Phyllis, this is the lady I was telling you about. They've been trying to have a baby for 10 years, and they can't. And so I told them about you and how we laid hands on them. And I said, God, God, you know, does the job. You know, it reminded me, Pastor, one day, uh, many years ago, I think in the second building, I think it was, he... <laughs> He made a big statement. He said, any, and he was preaching. He was hot. He was hot. And he said, any woman in here can't have a baby, I'll get you pregnant. You remember that? Who was here for that, man? I, yeah, buddy. I ever, yeah, we remember that. Woo! That's going to be at his funeral. I'm going to put that out there on the, on the screen. Remember these statements, folks, the pastor. So, <laughs> but anyhow, so first Phyllis, Pastor Phyllis said, you know, you guys Christians. And, you know, they said, well, what's that? I mean, they go to church. They've been going to church. They didn't even know what Christian meant. So she led them in a prayer of repentance and then laid hands on her. And I'll never forget it because nobody even told her to say this. She looked at her husband and said, we're pregnant. Man, such great faith. I was like, wow, I remember that. And I'm like, wow. And so they, they came to the church service. They went home and, uh, 
she called me, I don't know, I think it was two months later, and said, guess what? And I said, what? She said, we're pregnant. And I said, woo! And I shouted with them. And she said, listen, when I got home, Randy, she said, I was going through my house, we're pregnant, we're pregnant, we're pregnant, we're pregnant. She said, my husband probably thought I was nuts. But man, that was faith. I, that's, she didn't see it in the natural, right? Faith was the proof that she was pregnant, you know? And the, nine months later, they had that first child. Didn't need faith any longer because the proof, the evidence was there. They had that baby. They had two more after that. But she went back to her church and she told some people in the church what happened and they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. They said, you're crazy. And so they ended up leaving that church, thank God, and found another one. I invited them here, but they said it was too far to drive. Troy, Ohio, come on. Too far to drive. So anyhow, but that is a true story. So faith before the baby's heartbeat. Hallelujah, says I'm pregnant. Amen. Shouts. Great faith thanks the Lord before the money is in its hand. And great faith praises as if the manifestation has already come. That's great faith. Great faith believes God's word and obeys by doing what it says. And I think now we can add to great faith that great faith submits and humbles itself before God. Because we've seen it in these stories right here. And my last story is in 2 Kings 5, 9. We don't need to turn there. But if you guys remember, Elisha told Nahum. Nahum was uh, some kind of a high-ranking officer, and he had a disease. All right? Uh, what was it called? Yeah, leprosy. Exactly. And so he had heard, he had heard that, of course, Elisha was in town and that God did miracles to those people, so he wanted to go there. And he went. And unfortunately, Nahum had, or Naaman had great, great pride. Great pride. Because he was mad, number one, because Elisha didn't show up and answer the door. Hello, I'm Elisha. I'm Naaman. I'm here, you know why I'm here. So he got mad because of that pride. And then he said, I want you to go to the Jordan River and seven times dunk. And he got mad a second time. What? There's other rivers out here that are cleaner than that thing. I'm out of here. Pride, arrogance, unbelief set in so quick. And he would have lost his miracle if it wasn't for a servant. If it wasn't for that servant, what a servant. Well, if he'd asked you to do something else, would you have done it? Just get over there. I'm sure he did it with humility. <laughs> Just head over there, my Lord, and dunk seven times. What's it going to hurt? And we all know the story. He did it, and he was healed immediately after that seventh ducking. But pride, arrogance, mm, would have kept him from that miracle. And I think it sometimes keeps us from our miracle. You know? So we got to watch that. Amen? So what I want you to do uh, is everybody stand up. And like I said, we've been talking about faith now for five weeks. And it's time to use it. It's time to use it. You know, here's the other thing. Um, I did some painting for Miss Laura down here 
last couple weeks. But two years ago, she came up to me and she said, Pastor Randy, I'd like you to paint my house. I said, okay, I'll do it. I'll put you on the list. So that was two years ago. Well, you know, she had a little faith in me for a while, but then she went and did an Ishmael on me and hired a painting company. Another painting company to paint her living room. You know, oh, ye of little faith. It was only two years. It took 25 years for a kid to come out. Come on. So anyhow, so I, I heard about the, the, the painting company. Thank God it was my relatives, you know. <laughs> you know, I did teach them how to paint. So at uh, any rate, um, so I said, hey, okay, I'll come down there. So we'll make a date. So I went and I saw her and I said, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. Two weeks from now, I'll be there. The great thing about Lori is I never got one phone call in two weeks from her asking me, now, are you coming next Friday? Are you going to be here? You sure? Not one. Not one. She didn't text me. She didn't call me. I said, I'll be there two weeks on Friday. She didn't on Thursday go, now, you going to be here tomorrow? You know, I mean, we do that stuff, you know. We going to be here tomorrow? She didn't do any of that. When I showed up at the house, the door was open. I told her when I'd be there, the door was open. All the furniture was moved in both bedrooms and the bathrooms already moved. Wow, that's great faith, especially from two years, <laughs> not, not doing it. And then I'm telling her I'll be there in two weeks and not one phone call, not one anything. She had that much faith in me, a human being, a sad human being, you know, who you really can't depend on half the time. I'm always late. But she had faith in me. And I'm saying all that to say this. Why, why do we have faith in people like that? Yo, you know where I'm going, don't you? You know. But yet, we, we ask God, show me a sign. Show me a sign. Show, show, you know, Lord, if you, if you bring two deer in my yard that have pink antlers, I'll do it. Show me another sign. Oh, thank you for that sign, God. But give, me, give me one more sign, Lord, and then I'll do it. You go to work every week, you don't even know the employer, and yet you work 40 hours, never seeing a paycheck, not knowing who this guy is. Well, he said he was going to pay me, and yet we want signs from God. It's time to trust God. All right, y'all, it's time to trust. Do what he said he will do, he will do it. All right, that was free. That was just, that came to me, so. All right. <laughs> So what I want you to do is I want you to look around and I want you to use your faith tonight for somebody else, not ourselves, for somebody else. If somebody needs something, if they're, if they're in pain, I don't know what, maybe they're believing for their kid to get saved. I don't know what it is, but I want you to find somebody and I want you to use your faith for them before you leave tonight. And here's the thing, I want you to check back in on them. I don't want you just, okay, that's it, done. No, I want you to see how they're doing. Say, hey, have you been thanking the Lord? Yes, I have. Oh, you know what, I forgot. I'm going to get back on that, okay? Check in on it. I, we get results this way. We take a step of faith, and some of it might be a big step for you. All right? It might be a big step. When I was in, when I was in uh, Africa, in a dream I had, I saw a little girl, a Muslim girl, in my dream, and, and the Lord told me that tomorrow I want you to pray for her, or not pray for her, I want you to lay hands on her cheek and tell her that I love her and I have a plan for her. And I woke up 
And I said, heck no, I ain't doing that. I ain't touching some Muslim girl. His dad's somewhere around with a machete, man. Ain't no way. You know, no way. And I thought, eh, she ain't going to be there anyway. Ain't no way she's going to be there. You know, this is the second crusade. No way. Well, I get there to the crusade grounds. There's 50,000, 75,000. I had 35,000 in the kids thing that we did. And then total 75,000 people showed up that night. And I told my crew, I said, listen, look for this girl. She was here yesterday. She was in, she was in all black, all black. She's all covered. All you could see was her face, her eyes. She was in all black, head to Look for her. I doubt you're going to see her, find her. But if you see her, just bring her my way. And I was like, somebody come up to her and said, Pastor Randy, is that her? There's only a few little Muslims in that big crowd. It was Maua, Africa, North Africa. And I looked and I'm like, it's her. She was in all blue. I was like, no, oh, no. I said, okay. I said, can you go get her and bring her here? So she comes over and I am just so, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And uh, so I talked about small talk. I said, hey, I said, why are you doing here? She said, well, I lied to my parents and told them I went to the, the, the market. And I said, okay, because I knew you wouldn't be allowed to come in here. She said, nope. And I said, I see you have one of our bracelets on that I taught on, which is the wordless message that I did the day before. She said, yeah. I said, what'd you tell your parents? She said, I told them I bought it. I said, okay. All right. I see. I said, well, I'm just trying to, <laughs> well, <laughs> I said, um, I said, well, come here. And I went like this, and she backed up. I said, no, 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 stop, stop. I'm not going to hurt you. I said, I have a message for you. And I touched her on the cheek, and I told her exactly what Jesus said. And she goes, okay. And I was like, okay. And I was like, done, done. Hallelujah. Nobody came after me. It was all good, you know. And afterwards, she actually wanted a picture with me. And so um, I, it's, it, I put it up on the screen for a couple weeks ago. But anyway, I took a step of faith, guys. And for me, that was a big step because I, I've never been around a Muslim, Muslim girl before. I didn't know if, if I can't, I can't know how to touch them. I can't, you know, and even though God told me she was going to be there, you know, told me to do, I want you to do this. I still doubted a little bit, you know, and then really that was an easy thing to do. So tonight, find somebody, take that step of faith, use your faith for that person. All right, whatever it might be, do it now, do it now. If you don't have anybody, then obviously our workers are up here, our altar workers are here, you can come and see them. But find somebody and use your faith for them. Find somebody. There, everybody has a need somewhere, somehow. Find that person. And if you can't find anybody, Brother John's up here at our altar, and he can help you. But just pray, agree, use your faith and then check on them next week, and let's find out how fast that answer comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you, Father, for answering prayers all throughout this house tonight. In the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that faith, Father, is rising. Faith is growing in this house, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, that it is matured in people tonight. God, I thank you for miracles. I thank you for signs. I thank you for wonders, God. I thank you for answered prayer tonight, Lord God, as we step out in faith in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it tonight. Oh, God, I thank you in advance, Father. I thank you in advance 
for moving on people's behalf, God, as they step out and you are pleased with them, God, as they use their faith tonight. Oh, I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for your answers. God, that you're bringing them from the spirit world into the natural world right now in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, God, I thank you that our faith that we are using is the evidence, Lord God, that our prayers have been answered as we pray. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for it. I thank you for it, God. The heavens are opening up, Father, even now. Angels, God, are seeking us out, God, to bless us. And prayers are being answered throughout this house, even now, in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Father. I thank you for faith being birthed, faith growing, Lord God, in this house, in Jesus' name, God. Oh, I give you praise for it. I give you praise and glory for it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you for it, Father. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, we give you praise. Oh, we give you thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah as we humble ourselves. God, as we humble ourselves before you. Hallelujah as we are obedient. Father, to your word, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you for these answers. 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 Hallelujah. Some of you might have God speaking to you right now. By faith, just say what you need to say. Say what you need to say to that person by faith. By faith. Hallelujah. Take that step. God will do the rest in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you for it, God. We thank you for it, Father. Ah, we give you praise for it tonight, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, God. Oh, you're pleased, Father. You are pleased. Oh, faith, God. Us using our faith pleases you. Oh, God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the answer. Thank you for the answer. Thank you for the answer. Thank you for the answer. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for it manifesting itself, God, in the natural world, God. Hallelujah. To our senses. God, I thank you for it. Thank you for it right now. Thank you for it right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When you're done praying, you can be dismissed. You can be dismissed. We'll see you Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Make sure you keep, keep this on your prayers. Keep this in your mind the rest of the week. And check on them. Check on them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.